Welcome to this week's edition of The Difference with Dan O'Donnell, that's me, and Dave Spano, that's him, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. How you doing, Dave? Good. Nice to hear from you, Dan. I'd say I was doing good, too, but I'll be totally honest with you. A couple nights ago, took the family out for dinner. Right, we go to a mm-hmm. sushi place that we've been going forever. You know, I'm a Catholic. You're a Catholic. We got to eat fish on Fridays now because it's Lent. Do the kids do the kids eat sushi? They wow. do. My 11 wow. year old, huge fan of California rolls. My oldest is gluten free, so he kind of have to massage that. He mostly eats the salad and soups. And my right. youngest, yeah, she's okay on sushi, but yeah, surprisingly, they do like sushi. So we nice. go out. We've been going to this place for. Ever. I mean, since we moved into our house nine years ago, we've been going to this place. Normally, it'll cost us because I gave up alcohol for Lent, so I didn't have one of those giant, you know. An Irishman gave up alcohol. You do know it's St. Patrick's Day coming up. All right. Giving myself a reprieve for St. Patrick's Day. A special Day. dispensation uh, it, on St. Patrick's Day. I'm getting a papal Day. dispensation for St. Patrick's yes. Day. Do you know my, my name My name on, on St. Patrick's Day? Ospanohue. Oh, so I, I like that. I turn, I turn into I like an that. You know what? You, you know what my last name is. On so, yeah, of course, I, I, do. I don't have any beer. You know, they give you that you can buy those fifty-five ounce Sapporos or whatever it is. So, I didn't right. have any alcohol. I had like a Pepsi right. or something. A dinner that would normally cost us eighty bucks, eighty-five bucks, hundred and twenty-two dollars plus tip. Insane. Yep. So then. Yep. Afterwards, we were going to watch the new Pixar movie that came out. So we were going to get some snacks, and my wife wanted to get some groceries. We walk a couple doors down in this strip mall. We go to a grocery store. I'm ballparking the stuff we bought, 50, 60 bucks, $100. In both of those, the the price I was expecting to pay and the price I actually paid differed by about $40. Now, this isn't inconsequential, and this got me thinking like, man— do we need to cut back on our grocery budget? Do we need to stop going out to eat? And when it starts to influence behavior, I mean, we're a typical family of five, two-income household. We're, you know, doing well for ourselves. I'm obviously a very highly paid and highly trained. Yes, you are. Just to ask you, just to ask you. I say this like I don't want to sound like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm making so much. But it's like when I'm statistically a higher income earner and I'm taking a look at these prices, whether it's to fill up my SUV or to take my family out to dinner and it's influencing my behavior, you take a look around and much has been made of the fact that two thirds of Americans essentially live paycheck to paycheck, right? Yep. What impact is this having on the broader economy when you have people who no longer have discretionary income, essentially? I mean, the service sector accounts for so much of our economic output. If all of a sudden that is going to contract because prices are just too high, I guess, are we looking at the the prospect of stagflation? Yeah. Well, let's let's start. I mean, of course, they have to, those who are most affected— make behavioral changes, make behavioral changes in economics, right? But it's it's everybody. I mean, you know, obviously, we're a wealth management firm, so our clients have accumulated assets. And I can't tell you how many times people come in and say, look what it cost me to fill up my truck, to fill up my car. And they talk about rising prices. But this affects 
everybody. And of course, the Federal Reserve has a couple of tools. We all know about quantitative easing. This is where they just flooded the market with trillions of dollars, right? And so they are going to subside on the purchases of bonds. Now, if they just cold turkey stop it, which they say they're going to do, these bonds are going to roll off in three years. So they bought bonds, right, and they have maturities. When they come due, they're not going to replace those bonds. So all of that supply that was out there is going to get sopped up. That's number one. Number two, they're going to raise interest rates. So there's two major changes that they think is going to try to hold down inflation. But I'll have to tell you, go try to buy a car. I had a friend who wanted to go buy a pickup. Last year, they said, nope, can't get to it. So he went to buy it. They said, sure, you can put in an order, and it's going to be another year before you get it, right? So that means that there's going to be more pressure on used car prices and more pressure on car prices. That's part of it. You talk about structural. I don't know that the Fed raising interest rates a quarter of a point is going to stop structural inflation. So where we went, where am I going with this? I think you hit it. You've got a slowing down of the economy. That's the stagnation. While you're going to have inflation, and even if it subsides some, you know, versus, you know, eight, nine, ten percent, if it subsides a little bit, it's still an inflationary environment. You take those two things together, stagnate a stagnant economy and inflation, and you have stagflation. And we really haven't seen this since the early nineteen eighties. And this has huge ramifications uh, for fiscal policy moving forward because I don't think anybody can forget that we're in an election year. And as the market is sort of looking farther and farther out, we've got the possibility that you're going to have gridlock in Congress, a divided Congress where Republicans, I believe I saw the last stats, I saw there's something like 80, 90 percent chance of retaking the House, slightly lower chance, maybe 70 percent chance, still very high of retaking the Senate. And if you get an economy that's slowing down, if you get people paying far more for gas prices, if you get people paying far more for grocery bills and everything like that, they're less likely to vote for the party in charge, which is the Democrat Party, controls both houses of Congress and the presidency. I mean, you could see then Republicans take the Senate, they take the House, they take a whole lot of governorships in Wisconsin. We've got a a very hotly contested governor's race that could swing towards Republicans. So you could see changes at the state level, for example. But what would that do to the possibility that this is more long term, I guess, because you're talking three years down the, the road I just, I guess I don't, I'm not seeing an end to inflation is my point here. Yeah, I think, I think it can subside though. Yeah, I mean, there's, but, and, and one of the reasons why it can subside, I'm not saying it's going back to where it was, one or 2%, but it can get off this, you know, by the way, this report that came out last week where it said that inflation is 7.9% year over year did not include the spike in energy prices. Now, as as we're talking about this, uh, a week ago in pre-market activity, oil futures were trading at as much as $139. Uh, as we're talking about it today, uh, they're at 100 and and suggesting that it could go back down to 80 if you look out to future prices down the road. So if energy prices come back down, still higher, but and it's still structural, 
it, hopefully it's not at 10%, because as where we started this thing is this is a tax on everybody. And when you have less discretionary income, it really whacks those at the lower income scale harder. And by the way, you talked about Republicans and Democrats. If the Democrats think they're the party uh, of, of the lower paid folks, boy, they're really going to get hit hard come November. Now, the market looks forward, Dan. And so if they think inflation is going to subside slightly, right, or that there's going to be a change, you could start to see a change in the economy maybe six to nine months from now. But that's, you know, if you're an investor, you start looking for things to buy. But, you know, you talk about what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. You know what's made in Ukraine are uh, wire harnesses for a lot of the major uh, car manufacturers. If they can't get them, that means a lot of these cars that they built are still going to sit out there until they're completed. So that is more inflation as well. Yeah, we're also seeing uh, Ukraine as, as one of the biggest suppliers of wheat. Uh, I also heard, as only local news in Milwaukee can do, that because they're a big supplier of, was it barley? Uh, we're, we might see the price of beer go Wait up. a second. Wait a second. Now you got my attention, fella. Now, just in time for St. Patrick's Day, they can they can pull my two dollar Miller Lite from my cold dead hands. <laughs> I mean, you're talking, yeah, you, this global instability. And by the way, I, I know we're talking about a whole lot uh, of stuff that can sometimes seem a little complicated, and that's why I'm going to urge you to go to AnnexWealth.com because if you're an investor, and I know you're listening to us, you, you do. You want to talk to the folks who are working with and for you as fiduciaries. Get that portfolio review because there is a lot of uncertainty, right? And we want to make sure that our money is really working for us. And Dave, as we've been saying, you know, we focus a lot on people on the lower end of the wage scale because all of the salary increases, the wage increases have been at that lower end eaten up by inflation. So basically, yeah. people have gotten pay cuts at the lower end of the wage scale. Yeah, I mean, even though they've, even though they may have gotten a rate increase or a raise, it is not as much as inflation is going up. So they went backwards. There's no doubt about that. If I'm paying, if I'm paying, for example, eighty dollars, a hundred dollars, what I paid for what would have been sixty dollars worth of groceries a year ago, the you know fifteen dollars an hour that I'm making is obviously much less valuable. But so my point is you want to get to AnnexWealth.com, but also if you're an investor and you're getting close to the age where the money that you've spent a lifetime saving, accumulating, you're looking at retirement, inflation can be scary for you too, right? Well, there's no question because when you do a financial plan, I mean, part of that is you have to make an assumption. And we go back and say, what are the historical norms for inflation? And, and it's around 3%. Now, if you start moving that and saying, what's my real rate of return now? Because you have to have, what's your rate of return minus inflation? That's your real rate of return. If you start shaving off 200 basis points, in other words, 2%, that absolutely changes your financial plan. And you have to go back to you know, a, a potential client and say, uh, guess what? You're going to have to put up with uh, with Betty at the water cooler for another couple of years. That's, you know, they don't want to do that. But uh, there's no question that this is part of it. Inflation hurts everyone, even those folks who are not at, are not at the low income, but people who are planning uh, for the future. But you talk about one thing, Dan, which is uncertainty, right? 
and lay out what is in front of us. We just came out of this, uh, you know, it's actually two years uh, yesterday that this really started, two years to the day that we put up with this uh, COVID things, right? So you're coming out of it, and then the president last week leans in and whispers World War Three. Well, I mean, people have had it. Right. So, I mean, it's, it, you know, this when you when you get the difference between what's happening in politics and the economics, that's really what we're talking about here. Yeah. Suffice it to say, the 20s certainly have been roaring, just not in a good way. And yeah, you, you go right from a global pandemic to the pa- the possibility of uh, World War Three. I see Russia is approaching China about the potential for arms right. sales. That's always sort of in the back of everyone's mind. Is China going to be emboldened by uh, what Russia is doing and at some point in the near future invade Taiwan? Are we going right. to see the world's worst actors start to, in the face of let's face it, not particularly strong American leadership, are we going to start to see increased aggression, which uh, gets that doomsday clock a ticking a little bit closer to midnight? Because we're talking about nuclear powers here, and the last thing you're ever going to get a guy like Vladimir Putin to admit is that he's not going to use nuclear armament. So is this this has got to be just driving up the fear index, almost in a way that the pandemic didn't. Yeah, it's getting down to that number. Yeah, the fear index is certainly climbing and the fear and greed index, which is, you know, a scale of one to 100, where fear is obviously zero or one, it's down to a 15. So we're way to one side. There's no question about it. But, you know, I will tell you, if this news breaks that China is helping out Russia and then there are sanctions, you know, when you sanction Russia, I mean, Russia has the economy, you know, of, you know, Florida or Texas or, you know, a state, right? When you have to put sanctions on China, who is our biggest trading partner in the world, yeah, now you talk about supply chains, holy nightmare that would be. So uh, this could have an economic impact for everyone listening to this in the United States if it then causes a recession here because recessions and bear markets are generally connected. And so people will start to freak out if they see the uh, the markets going down more than 20% because that has been the last couple of recessions and bear markets. So all of this means there are opportunities. And we look through portfolios and say, well, guess what? Who has the pro- the pop? Who has the power to raise their prices in inflation? You talk about restaurants, restaurants can. Uh, uh, you know, grocery stores can. So if you can find a company that can take advantage of, and I use those words uh, specifically, take advantage of higher prices, that might be someone to buy. Or defensive stocks or utilities. There are places in the portfolio you have to know what you own, why you own it, why it's in your portfolio, and as importantly, how much you're paying for it. And that's what we always say here. It is so important to just understand where you are financially, because whether you're the younger end, you're just starting to invest, whether you're middle age or whether you're getting to retirement age, there's more uncertainty now. And there has been for two straight years now, possibly, than at any point since the Great Recession. Again, AnnexWealth.com. So basically, I guess, Dave, what what you're saying is that it's probably better to buy restaurant stocks than to actually go into a restaurant and eat because one is going to be a value, one certainly might not be. All right, he's Dave Spano. I'm Dan O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of The Difference. 
Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on the information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.